Welcome to the Politics of Everything. I'm Amber Danes, your host and podcast producer. This is a half hour of power, a podcast dropping every week where I unpack the politics of everything, from money to motherhood, nutrition to narcissism, startups to secularism, the environment, quality, and much, much more. Our guests are seasoned in the field or topic of their choice, even if you've not heard of them yet. This is a non-partisan show. So while I love exploring varied views and get a buzz from a healthy debate of ideas, this is not a purely blue, white, green program. Please subscribe, tune in and enjoy the politics of everything. Connection is key for relationships to succeed in business, in love, in friendships. For bankable sales success, it is critical to know how to master those connections. Enter the role of today's guest, Rachel Burke, a master sales trainer. She's someone that understands that sales is a service and that confidence comes from clarity. With over 25 years experience as a business owner, Rachel knows what it takes to succeed. And like a lot of us, she knows the tough decisions, the exciting highs and lows, and the financial pressures of running a business. She says, winging it in sales simply won't cut it, and there is a structure that actually works. You must know exactly what to say and when to say it. Rachel's renowned for her practical, inspirational, and no-nonsense style. Utilizing the neuroscience of influence and advanced application of neurologistic programming, neurosemantics, and her own sales space buyer's coach methodology, she continues to attract clients that are determined to be the best at what they do. Her client portfolio includes the New South Wales Business Chamber, leading small to medium-sized enterprises, prominent influencers, trainers, and educators. Rachel worked internationally for several years, teaching advanced skills of influence to senior execs of global banks, such as the Royal Bank of Scotland and Morgan Stanley, and has worked with the general manager of L'Oreal Paris and many more. Today, we are unpacking the politics of connection and welcome, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for having me. Excellent. So were you one of those kids that always wanted to be selling something in the playground? What were your early career ambitions and did that pan out? <laughs> well, you could say that. I suppose um, leadership has been something that I that I have loved and enjoyed for my whole life. I, spent, I remember mum saying to me as a five-year-old, Rachel, stop being so bossy. So I figured that um, I, uh, I loved leading others but didn't do it so well when I was only five. But from a, from a career ambition perspective. No, I didn't ever see myself as becoming a sales trainer or a sales coach or a sales mentor. That was not what I had as a career ambition. But I certainly knew from a very young age that I wanted to run my own business. And that was my mission in life. Excellent. Well, you definitely achieved that. (laughs) So you are known as a sales leader extraordinaire, and I have experienced some of your magic. So how do you make sales less salesy. It sounds like an oxymoron. Yes, it does. But you know what? Everyone is repulsed by a salesy salesperson. And as soon as we feel like someone's selling us something, we just run for the hills. So we have, you know, our whole business, our whole methodology is all based on teaching someone how to be influential without ever sounding like a salesperson. And the way you do that is is so much what we're talking about today is, is all about connection. And when you connect with someone deeply and make them feel important, you're not having a sales conversation anymore. So it really, it is a mindset. You change your mindset away, the way you think about selling. You become of service to that person 
ensure they feel really important in your presence and the whole way a sales conversation goes forward changes. That's amazing. So how does a lasting connection really work in business and life? I mean, I I guess it's hard to know sometimes, particularly if you don't know the person that you're communicating or connecting with, to make sure that you hit the right nerve, so to speak. How do you make that connection initially, particularly if you don't know them? It is about affecting someone deeply emotionally. And a lasting connection is something that happens when there has been a deep emotional response or to something that's happened occurred between the two of you, good or bad, I suppose. So, um, but a lasting impression, a really good lasting impression is because of that emotional response or emotional attachment you both have to something that has occurred in the past or, you know, that might occur now, but you think of it in the past and that, and that stays with you forever. But to hit that nerve it is very much about understanding what's what is important to somebody and what they value and when you know that and you remember that you can have a connection forever so it's about maybe asking a few questions before you even kind of you know if you like sell to them or talk to them at that level is that is that kind of how you start that process 100% 100% so sales success comes from three distinct areas and that is strength, structure, and strategy. And what I talk when I'm talking about strength, I talk about mental strength. And it is very much a mindset. So being successful in sales and being able to connect with people and truly connect with them to uh, allow you to lead them to make a decision to work with you, then you need to be able to affect them, as I said before, and and really understand what makes them tick. And when you do that, then it's just the conversation changes forever. Absolutely. So a connection is one thing, but I guess at the end of the day, a lot of us in business want that connection to lead to action in that customer experience journey, as they say. In your in your vast experience, has there been a right way or a best practice way to do that so you don't end up over-connecting? So I'm often thinking about if I get too many sort of sales emails or follow-up emails or calls or, you know, automated messaging from an organisation or a leader, I tend to switch off a little bit. So how do you meet that sort of balance between a bit of transactional stuff that has to happen and also that emotional connection remaining relevant and real without sort of pushing the buttons too far. Yeah, it is, and it's and it's it's such a great question because this is what people, so many people get this so wrong, and they feel like they they look at their LinkedIn connections and they've got loads of them, and they feel like they connect to, to so many people, or they go to networking events and they feel like they've connected to people, but nothing actually occurs out of it. And when it comes to, you know, just following up or as you were talking about reaching out to people, when is it, when it, what's too much and what is exactly right and how do you connect properly? And the, the answer to that is that there, is, there really is a way of making that work. And you have to think, firstly, you have to have, have patience and you have to make it real and personable. So when you're reaching out to somebody Say what you would love someone to say to you. Be really real in your language. Look up something that's important to them and weave that into the conversation if it's via email. And don't push something down someone's throat in a really short time frame. Touch base with them, help them. Touch base with them again and help them even more. And then a few weeks later, if they haven't got back to you, touch base with them again then but make sure your conversation to them or your or, or your copy to them if it's via email is really personal. 
as much as you can make it personal. And that's why automated responses and, you know, pre-recorded emails and things like that that are sent out in a very dehumanized way, they are they do not connect and they do not work and people just switch off immediately and just don't want anything to do with you. And that's exactly the opposite of the type of connection that we're after. And we've all experienced that. I know even online sometimes, you know, you might inquire about something and you get that auto message, not just acknowledging it, but asking you a series of questions. But you really know that, you know, there's no Sam or Sandra at the end of that. That's kind of a robot, right? And you're just sort of filling in some data for them. Yeah, and and I even got a response. So a lady reached out to me on LinkedIn the other day. This is a perfect example. She reached out and I was actually quite interested in what she did. And so I wrote back to her in a very personal way. And the response I got return, the return response, did not answer my question to her whatsoever and it was so obviously automated. Now, immediately I want to disconnect with her. I've disconnected with her emotionally. I now think less of the way she was approaching me on LinkedIn and it's really scarred the way I'm thinking about this woman moving forward. So we must always take responsibility for our communication with people, make it real, make it personal, ensure we actually take into consideration what they've said. And as I said before, make it, make them ensure they feel important. Otherwise you're going to get nowhere. Absolutely. No, no, not going to get anywhere, I should say. Yeah, absolutely. Or nowhere. In the case of perhaps the example you use, that's that's the end of that connection probably for absolutely. you forevermore. So connections, in my experience, are sometimes seasonal. So, you know, you go through phases where you might have a lot of events, for example, or networking opportunities, and you're suddenly making these really meaningful connections and they're leading to possible opportunities or, you know, definitely some sales. But that pipeline is really important, I've learned. And so is it about finding the right tribe at the right time or constantly reaching out in new and different ways? I mean, what sort of works best and and why? This is a strategy uh, question really and and it is such an important question that it's something that it does change for everybody depending on the strategy, your sales strategy in your business. So if you remember I said that sales success comes from three, three distinct areas and that is mental strength, structure and strategy. And what I mean by structure is the structure of your sales conversations and what you say from the pitch right through all your questions to the very close. But what we're talking about right now and what you've asked me about is is strategy. Now, as I said, it does change for every business, but I truly believe that the majority of businesses need to have that continual pipeline where you're connecting with people and you have a strategy around the way you're going to connect with your ideal clients But also, you talked about having a tribe and finding just the right tribe. Something I believe in deeply is that the best tribe to be in is a community that raves. Starting your own community is tough. You've got a community with this wonderful podcast, but I know it's a lot of work. And to do it properly requires a a lot of professional, a lot of professionalism to get this sort of thing done right. A lot of people can't do that well. So finding a tribe that raves about how good you are and making sure you serve that tribe so well, that will give you a beautiful flow of really well-connected people who you've got a great connection to because other people have endorsed you. Third-party endorsements from from a tribe that you're involved in are amazing and they do so much of the connecting and so much of the respect piece for you. But from in terms of reaching out, and, and continuing building that pipeline, one of my rules is that in, in business, 
we must make money every week, not every now and then. Because I'm sure loads of the listeners, uh, you can be nodding their head going, yeah, uh, when you make money every now and then, it is very stressful. So when you have a pipeline that you are servicing at all times, then you are, you can make money every week rather than every now and then. And it requires a strategy around how to connect with those very people. That's fascinating. It's a really different way to think about it, perhaps for a lot of us. Yes, when is there a time when you've realized that a connection to someone that you've made is, hasn't been a great idea? And what lesson was there in that? Because we've talked so much about good, healthy, positive connections, but obviously there's the converse experience as well. <laughs> yes. Now, where shall I start? Uh, you probably have a dozen of them or more. But I, <laughs> when I think about this, I think, right, do I talk about personal experiences or do I think about business? Now, I'm sure I'm not the only one who, you know, I, I've certainly got to an age now where I've had a, a few experiences that I wish to goodness I didn't have. But I have to say, Amber, the most common thread, and we all know this, is that when you intuitively know that a connection is not right for you and you still go there and you still make something happen, that one always goes pear-shaped. And you you knew it. So we all know it. So intuitive. So my, my learning from this is always listen to your intuition, whether it be in your personal connections or your business connection, connections, because you truly know whether or not someone is going to be good for you moving forward or not. And I listen to my intuition more than ever before these days. I think experience helps with that. And I suppose also I've had the experience in my business where just because there's a lot of dollars involved, often mm-hmm. they're not often, but sometimes they are the worst deals, you know, that there's the types of people that you're with and the way the compromises you have to make on, on your your business and your values and your time is often not worth those dollars. Yeah, and I and I truly believe that it is the the people or the or the connections you say no to that make you more successful than the than the people you say yes to. So being so clear on who you say no to and being in, in a position as clear as you can that you can do that really catapults your success as a business owner. The 24-7 digital world has us seemingly more connected and we have touched on LinkedIn in our conversation today. And I know it for me personally, I've got, you know, the over 5,000 connections on LinkedIn and I've got global connections. And I could honestly say I've probably met about 20% of those people in real life, I'm really honest. It's probably a bit of a clear out that needs to happen there. But also people seem to be more disengaged with the lack of reality, human conversation, human connection. Is that something we need to just live with and accept or is there a way we can navigate both that that traditional connection, particularly in a COVID landscape, as well as that digital connection so that it's genuine, authentic and successful for everybody? Yes, I think, you know, Gosh, all of us know that, look, take Melbourne, for instance. Melbourne have just come out of a fourth lockdown now and there were children on the TV this morning saying um, it's okay to be sad. They were telling other children that it's okay to be sad. We feel lonely. We don't like being at home. We like want to be at school. But they're all on they're all on their phones. They're all on FaceTime. They're all on, you know, online, doing online learning. It's the same for adults as well. When we are all connected 24-7 by all the online platforms, but we feel so disconnected unless we get to see people in the flesh. So this is the dance that we all have to do now between that online digital connection and that tr- and that deep connection that we get when we actually have, you know, we're, when we're physically in front of somebody. 
And from a business perspective, I think that if you only have the opportunity to speak to people via the phone, then that is you have to have incredible rapport skills and questioning skills. You need to ask the type of questions that get people thinking, have them thinking like they've never felt before, never thought before. When you do that, they will connect with you far deeper, even on the phone. If you can only do it via video, then same thing. Even I, I find that video, I think video often is harder to connect with people than it is on the phone, actually, because on the it can be quite distracting having each other, you know, staring at each other via video if you've never met each other before. On the phone, you don't have the distraction of the visual and you can get into that conversation and really, you know, think deeply about what you're saying and what you're hearing in that phone call. Everything you know, is trumped by actually seeing someone in the flesh. Uh, when I, I've done an extensive amount of rapport training in my career and we were we were taught, I will never forget being taught that I think it was over 50%, 55% or more of our ability to build rapport with somebody is through connecting with them in a physical sense. So that, that physicality, the physiological rapport that we can build. And so when that is removed, we've only got half of our ability to connect with someone truly and deeply. It's tough. So you've got to you've got to have very 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 good rapport skills to now connect in the digital world. Absolutely. And I think a lot of us are only just getting getting good at that in the, in the past yes. 12 months. It's yes. been forced to in many ways. Absolutely. I'm always a big believer people haven't got to where they are without some support along the way and most of us have either professional or personal mentors that have really resonated and made a difference. Do you have one or two that come to mind and what impact have they had on your life and your career? Yes, I really do. And look, at high, in high school, my I was, I was really good at sport when I was a kid and I love sport and I love being outside. And my PE teacher, he just... He just thought I could do anything and he just believed that, you know, come on, Rachel, let's go. you got to win this one. And he was just so, he was so incredibly supportive of everything I did at school and it just made the world of difference to me because he believed I could do anything. I would just perform in a way that I just didn't even know I was capable of if he was there or if he told me I could, I absolutely went out and did it. And that was amazing. I've learned a lot from that because he made me feel invincible. He made me feel like I could do it and I and I really stepped up to the plate. In my teenage years out of school and when I was a little bit older and towards my early 20s, I was deeply influenced by a family who had a property next to my parents and I actually worked for them looking after their horses throughout the week and they lived in Sydney and travelled up to the Central Coast each weekend to their horses and they were an incredibly successful family the father was a stockbroker. The mother was this beautiful ex-model, stunning woman, and their three children. And they were all older than me. The kids were all older than me. But they just showed me a different side of life and, and showed me what was possible uh, when I was younger. And I just that really deeply affected me and has, re- has channeled me to who I am today. And I really I think back about that family and I think I had an amazing, the years I spent with them really influenced who I am as a person today. That's great. I think those foundational influences in that formative time of our life do have a big impact on us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had more in my business life, but I truly believe, you know, in those in those teenage years and towards a young adult, 
I was deeply influenced by those people and I'm so grateful that I had people influence me in a very positive way that trumped the people who were negative. Absolutely. A bit of fun now. If you could choose a favourite book, song or film, what would it be and why? (laughs) Well, favourite book. As a kid, I I, I obviously had a great childhood because there's a lot I can remember as a child. I loved The Enchanted Wood. I loved that book, Enid Blyton. I read it again when I was was an adult. I think I read it to Lotus. I did, my daughter. And um, I love that book. It's it's full of magic and I love that sort of thing. And then obviously as an adult, I have to say I liked a bit of trash and I absolutely adored uh, Jilly Cooper's book. How good is Jilly Cooper? Those two books, Riders and Polo. I mean, being a horse rider myself. Oh, but I, I remember when the book finished and Rupert, I was so in love with Rupert, the main character, that I was so sad. It was like, like the romance was suddenly over. <laughs> I, was, I really missed him. It was crazy. Oh, I love so, it. I love yeah. when people surprise me because you never know what people are going to say for this question. So yeah. that, that's great. Yeah, a, final, a final takeaway message for all of us on the politics of connection. When it comes to connection, nothing will turn somebody off faster than feeling unimportant. So if you want to connect with someone and connect with them truly and deeply and be able to help them move forward and take an action, then it is all about how important they feel in your presence. Don't talk about yourself. Talk about them ask them questions about themselves, be truly interested, listen for their values and their values are what are most important to them in their lives, in their life and feed that and and, and weave that back in your conversation. Never forget about their values and if you do that, you will be someone who creates deep, long-lasting connections and from a business perspective, it is your ability to do that that will make or break your ability to be a huge success. Fantastic advice. And you can sort of see how you're so good at sales training and connecting with others. And if you do want to connect further with Rachel Burke, there will be some details on my show notes. As always, until next time, take care. Thanks so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the politics of everything, I thrive on your feedback. So please add a short review and share the podcast with your network through Apple, Spotify, and all the usual suspects. I'm always on the hunt for new and diverse guests. So if you or someone you know has a fresh idea you're busting to get out there, please email me at amber at amberdanes.com and my crew will get back to you very soon.